It's Monday. You know what that means. It's time to talk about ghosts with me, Kevin. Anyway, big news flash. I've decided to talk like this for the rest of my life. You see, I noticed my voice wasn't too appealing when, um, you know, to people who like radio. So I thought I'd do this voice, which is a bit more radio and a bit more friendly to people who might drive long distances, like truckers and, um, well, just bloody truckers, really. I don't know anyone who drives. I'm joking, of course. What a stupid way, what a silly way to start the show. It's Monday. It's time to talk about ghosts, and that's what we're going to do. Hope you've all been fantastically well. What's happening in the world, just to give you a brief update. Well, not much. Liverpool lost the, U- the UEFA Champions League final. I'm sure to the joy of many people. Um, But they still had a big parade yesterday because, you know, they did win two cups throughout the season. Not that anybody's bothered. Even I am getting a little bit sick of going into town and seeing red shirts everywhere. I feel like going in and going, boo. But, you know, you can't do that when you live here. Oh, also, this morning I've had my mind blown a bit. You know, I had this big ongoing battle with time. As in, like, I can't get my head around how it passes and... When somebody gives me an example of like distances in time, I'm like, no. Well, I've had one of them this morning because when I was a kid, right, when I was about eight, my dad and me used to spend Sundays going to the tip, which is basically, you know, well, you know what a bit a rubbish tip is. So we take all the rubbish to the tip. And when we go, we'd listen to a radio station on the City FM, the local station. That was, uh, the show was called Bebop Gold. And it would play songs like, I remember you and stuff like that and all like late 50s early 60s stuff and that's where my love of that music comes from but obviously you know and I was listening to it before on Spotify and I was like yeah brilliant dead good love it all and it's dead old music but I love it anyway then it dawned on me that given the age difference and the times involved and all this my little niece who is five or six um it's like if her dad took her the tip now and put on Oasis. And I was like, what? No, no, Oasis were out like yesterday. But no, they weren't, Kevin. Time passes. It's only you who seems to not know this. So that really put the willies at me, so to speak. Oh, uh, missus. Anyway, what have we got in store for you today? Well, we've got all the usual paranormal purveyance that we like to do on a Monday. And including, of course, a paranormal review where I review so you don't have to. And we're going to have Becca in for Becca's Reddit corner. She's back. Hooray. And of course, all of your wonderful true ghost stories, which is my favourite part of the show. Yes, it is. But before we do any of that, we need to say a big thank you to our newest Patreons. Hooray. Now, when you sign up to Patreon, not only do you get to support the show, but you also get me singing your name. Yes, you do, you lucky things. And you get two extra shows each and every week. There are literally hundreds of episodes for you to binge over on Patreon. You get one where I do a midweek ramble where I just like either try and make you laugh or tell you why I'm pissed off or tell you why I'm happy, but normally, hopefully, with a bit of laughter involved in betwixt. And also on a Sunday, we release a paranormal special. Yes, we do. And that's always a lot of fun. This week, uh, the cat scared me, I think, or should I say, I hope the cat scared me. So yeah, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And when you do, I sing your name just like I'm about to for these wonderful people. (laughs) 
The guitar is well and truly out, and we have four wonderful new Patreons today. Hooray! We have Jessica Nose, Autumn, Matt Toppin. Hey, Matt. I got to meet Matt, actually, when I went down to the pod show. Yes, I did. We had a pint in Weatherspoons. Only Coca-Cola, mind you. And Deborah Beretta. And this song is for you. Oh, it's minor. Jessica Nose, Autumn. Matt Toppin, too. Deborah Beretta, I wanna say thank you, you legend. You've signed up to the patron, you're keeping the lights on. You've signed up to the Patreon, you're keeping the show going, and I love you. Ended on a seventh, and of course, a bit of a falsetto. So, thank you guys for your support. Head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts if you wish to do the same. And of course, have your name sung out on a podcast. Why not? It's a gimmick. Anyway, let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's time for the paranormal review where I review something paranormal so you don't have to. Yes, it makes no sense. Anyway, today we're going to look at a podcast. Hooray! Now, as I've said before, um, I don't well, I don't think I'll ever do a negative review about a podcast. And the reason for that is I'm a podcaster and also largely I have really no idea what the success I know, you know, Jim Harrell's campfire is huge. Does it need a review? No. Might I do one? Probably. I don't know. But my point is, with a lot of the paranormal podcasts that you hear, I've no idea if they're really big or they're really small. So what I'd hate to do is give someone an absolutely shocking review and there's some poor guy like I am sat in a bedroom somewhere, you know, trying the best. So I'd never do that. So if you ever hear a podcast review from me, it's going to be a good one. Hooray! So the podcast I'd like you to have a check out this week, and I don't get paid for this, by the way. There's no sort of Corroboration between me and the podcast host. Um, I just tr- thought I'd let you know what I listen to on my rotation, so to speak. Is a podcast called Paranormal Portal by a guy called, let me get it right, Brent Thomas. I think it is. He just released an episode today. Let me have a look. Brent Thomas, yes. And today's episode is called Pursuing the Dog Man. So Basically, if you like long-form interview sort of paranormal podcasts, and I do now and again, there's a place in my repertoire of things to listen to for that. You know, I do like fast-paced podcasts, but sometimes I like, you know, things which sometimes things which are like three hours long, so I can just put them on and crack them with what I've got to do. Anyway, he covers the gamut of the paranormal. So like I say, today's show's about dogmen, um, which, I, you know what I, I always think though, why aren't they just werewolves? When did this crossover take place? Anyway, that's a question for another day. But uh, yeah, he interviews a lot of interesting people all about the paranormal. It's a great little show. Genuine. I say little, that's not patronised. It might be huge. Do you know what I mean? But it's a nice little show in my repertoire of things I listen to is what I mean. So go check it out. It's called Paranormal Portal. It's Each episode varies between like, the fucking hell's that? Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's, well, it it could just be a glitch, but my little knob. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, if you're going to be honest, Kevin, be brutally honest. My little knob that can uh, controls my life, that controls the volume, just turned itself up and down. I just watched it happen. I don't know if this is motorized or not. It must be. It must be. Anyway, um, yes, go and check out the Paranormal Portal.
because it's nice long form interviews if you like that sort of thing. And I do sometimes. Who doesn't? So check it out. It's Paranormal Portal. Two thumbs up to the sky for this guy. Okay, now it's time for my favourite part of the week. But before we do that, quick little update. It turns out the little knob, A-T-E-E, is not motorised. So therefore, it needs to be physically turned. And I did see it go up and down. Hmm. So yeah, interesting. Anyway, let's hope there's no more gremlins in the machine, so to speak. So we've got your emails to look at now. Hooray! I do love this part of the week. I really do, because, you know, I've never heard these stories before. I read them out fresh. I have a quick scan with me eyes. Be- of course, with me eyes. I don't bring in, a, like, a dog and say bark if that's too long. Anyway, and then I just read them out so you get my genuine reaction at the end. I think that's best all round, so to speak. Why do I keep saying so to speak, so to speak? Hmm, I need to look at my repertoire of language. Anyway, we've had an email in from Ryan, and Ryan writes, Hello, Kevin. Hi. Becca. Hi. And the neighbour's cat. Meow. They, them two seem moody today, don't they? I emailed you previously about the only experiences I've had outside of my childhood home and said I'd email you about what happened in that particular home later. Well, this is that email. Very good. And I've had a few conversations with my parents and brother before writing this out to make sure that nothing was left out. Why, thank you, Ryan. This is Ryan's story. I feel I should preface this by saying I come from a very religious family and my father was very strict. He didn't believe in ghosts, per se, but he did and does believe in demons. I've always been very sensitive and can pick up energies of other people and places, but not at the same time. For example, if I'm in a negative place, I won't feel that unless I'm alone. If someone else is in the room and awake, I can only feel their energy. Because of this sensitivity, I've always had a deep interest in the paranormal. But my father wouldn't allow me to speak of it as he believed it would only draw these things to me. So most of these experiences I have, I've never shared with the family until now. We moved to West Virginia and into this home when I was about four years old. For the size of it, it should have cost a lot more than it did. But the family living in it before us no longer had the money to afford it as the father, who had built the house in 1995, had a drinking and a gambling problem. The family did not want to leave, but they had no choice and as a result left the house absolutely trashed when it came time for us to move in. This will be important later. The first experience I had was shortly after we moved in. I woke up to see a silhouette of a woman standing in the doorway, staring at me. At first I thought maybe it was my mother coming to check on me, but I felt too uneasy to call out. I stared back at her, waiting for her to come in, and I began to notice she had a faint blue ring of light around her. I don't know how long she was there or when I fell back asleep, but I asked my mother about it in the morning and she denied having been out of bed. She's not one to sleepwalk, and my father had also agreed that he hadn't been out of bed all night. A few years later, I was playing in the woods just outside the house. I turned the corner on a path and standing about 15 feet in front of me was a figure of a large man. He was bright white and not quite solid. His body looked staticky and in constant motion, as if you'd gotten a bad channel on the TV, but there were no black flecks in the white, just pure white. 
he ran off to the right and then disappeared into thin air. Not long after this, I was singing along to the radio whilst in the shower. My radio suddenly clicked off and I looked through the textured glass shower door to see a small black figure with one hand on the radio. The head of the thing glanced up to me and quickly retreated out of the door. Infuriated, initially thinking this had been my older brother, I grabbed my towel and ran out of the shower and to my brother's room. He sat with his back to me playing a game on his computer and he had no idea what I was talking about. I ran downstairs to ask my parents if it had been them and they also said no. I realised after calming down that it couldn't have been any of them as it was too small and there was nothing but blackness to this thing. Even through textured glass you can see the blurred details and colours but there were none to be seen on this thing. I think I just hoped one of them would say yes because I didn't want to think about what it could have been otherwise. I'm realising now that I'm not going to be able to fit everything into one email so I'll leave it at this for now. These, aside from passing shadow figures that happen frequently, are the only things I have seen in this house. In my next email, I'll share my experiences with things heard, felt, and what happened just before we moved in, when wherever these things are, made themselves known to more than just me. Thank you for taking the time to read this. I hope you're well, and I look forward to your show every week. Why, thank you, Ryan. And I tell you what, what a terrifying series of events going on there. I can't, I mean, thankfully, the way our shower is, is it's kind of like one of them concertina glass affairs. And it's not, it's not like frosted or anything because we're full on nudists in our house. No, but my point is that like if somebody was on the other side of that window, you'd see them because I don't like frosted glass. I mean, that's not the reason why it's clear glass. It was just like that when we moved in. But my point is, I'm never a fan of frosted glass because I'll tell you why. One of the most vivid things that I've ever heard was a story that was sent through and it was about a medium, right? And they invited a load of people over. They didn't invite, you know, some people paid to see this medium. Somewhere in Liverpool. And they went to this house and the woman sits them all in the living room, if I remember rightly. And she says, right, I'm going to sit in the kitchen and I'll call you through when you're ready. So she goes into the kitchen and they watch her through frosted glass, take a seat at a table, right? And they're the only ones in the house. And then as they're watching, a figure walks through past the frosted glass and stands behind this woman and she says like jeff i'll call you first or whatever and jeff goes through and it's only the woman there and i've got that that is one of those stories where the image burns in your head so anytime someone says and through the frosted glass i'm like oh fuck off mate get yourself a clear panel please don't need this shit in my brain again. So, yes, thank you very much, Ryan. And do send us in the other emails where we can learn all about what other people have experienced in yonder house. Okay, and next we have an email from Wendy. And Wendy writes, Hello, Kevin. Hi, Becca. Hi. And the neighbour's cat. Meow. Told you they're, they're seemingly in a mood today. I don't know why that is. It must be my vocal cords. Hope you're all well. Meow. <laughs> Been recently going through your podcasts and Dark Paranormal Patreon, and I love it. Why, thank you. I got loads of spooky things since my family moved back in 99. I'll send them next time. Well, why, why have you emailed now? I joke. It was a lot of weird stuff over the years. Now, this is Wendy's story. This happened when I used to work at a small hospital. 
only for adults. It didn't have a paediatric unit. It was three floors tall with a basement, a mortuary, engineer's office, EVS office, in brackets. Yeah, most hospitals are horribly designed out here. I started working there in the graveyard shift. I worked as an environmental service aide tech, but it just means a hospital janitor. This hospital had a lot of strange stuff happening throughout the four years I worked there. This first incident is still pretty funny to me. I was talking to a security guard, who's now my husband, on the ground floor. The hallway had this weird slope in two 90-degree corners, but still was going straight on. Like I said, it's horribly designed. I was pushing a janitorial cart. It's a rubber-made cart with a hood, doors and yellow bag. Look it up if you want to see how large these things are. And I parked my cart at the bottom of the slope, close to the wall as not to block the pathway. As we were chatting, around 2.30ish a.m., the fucking cart started moving up the slope. I wasn't touching it and neither was the guard. We both watched it slowly go up the damn slope and it stopped after it moved about a foot. We just started laughing at the absurdity of it. I asked, did it just move on its own? He agreed. We both kept pushing, pulling and angling the car to try and replicate the result, but it was impossible. This cart is heavy and would only go down the slope at an angle. I just put my cart into a different area and went on break. To this day, my husband and I remember it clearly and joke about it often. Another incident was more memorable was when we were on the middle floor and the unit was closed off for extensive repairs. I hated going there when it was closed. There was a heavy feeling in the air. My fellow EVS worker was cowardly and would refuse to accompany me most times. In brackets, thanks Mercedes. So I usually went alone. I had to go in there a few times whenever it rained and the place would start falling apart. Seriously. The ceiling tiles were breaking off and falling, and the rainwater would be dripping through. In brackets, I think they put off repairs because it wasn't very often to have heavy rains here in Los Angeles. This incident happened a few weeks before I left in 2017. I was advised by the swing shift lead that I needed to keep an eye on the buckets that were catching the water in rooms 230 and 231. I went to check around midnight after doing my usual rounds of the hospital. I had to empty out the buckets and put them back. After I was done and I walked through the empty unit to make sure none of the rooms were dripping. An explanation of the layout. There were 10 rooms and the hallway was an L shape with the nurse's station at the bend and the end. So you would enter from the top of the L. Rooms 230 to 237 would be on your left. You'd walk straight and the station would be at your right. Walk around the bend to continue down the hallway to the last room, 239, at the end of the L. I hope that explains the layout. As I was walking, I was getting near to room 237, the corner room. All the room doors were open, half of them empty, the other half still had a nightstand with the phones disconnected. The nurse station had the lights on, along with the first two rooms and the rest were dark. The station should have been emptied of all supplies, but a phone had been left connected there. I went to go and disconnect it when it started ringing. I won't lie, I jumped a bit, but I still answered it. 
The caller ID said it was from room 237, but no one said anything on the other end. I glanced into that room from the station and saw it was empty. No bed, no curtains, no nightstand and definitely no phone. It had nothing. I was uneasy. I hung up and again it rang. Room 237. So again I picked up, but nothing was said. I immediately disconnected the phone in the station and ran out of there with my heart thudding like mad. Someone or something was calling from that room when it had no phone. I thought it was pranks from the people in ER, but it was impossible. The phones don't carry the unit numbers when moved around. The rooms carried the specific room numbers to show their caller ID. So I decided to test something. I used the work phone I carried around with me and forwarded the calls to this unit. I then proceeded with my personal cell phone to call my work phone and watch the caller ID on the nurse station phone. It came up my actual number, not the forwarded number of my work phone number. I thought they might have forwarded the number from that room so they can scare us at will. But as I just tested, it doesn't show the call was forwarded. It shows the originating number. Meaning if they had forwarded it from the room, it would show the number that was originally dialed from, not the room. I never went back in there at night. I would make excuses until 5am when there were more people around. My husband still believes it was a forwarded call, but as I explained, the call doesn't show that it's been forwarded, just the originating number. That particular room always had a heavy feeling, kind of made me feel my hearing was muffled. I used to always put it down to the two large curtain dividers. Sorry it was a lot of rambling, but I hope you enjoyed it a bit. Sorry for any grammar mistakes and thank you for reading Wendy. Wendy, you'd never have to apologize for rambling. I literally make a living rambling. And also, don't worry about grammar. I am not a grammar Nazi. And as long as you can be understood, I think language has served its purpose. And you did it well there. And what a story. To be honest with you, as you will have noticed, Wendy, because you sent that story in in a slightly different format of where things were positioned, and I just moved the explanation of the test of the forwarded call to where it seemed to make more sense. So I apologize for messing around with your story, but hopefully you don't mind. Anyway, back to your story. My God, I would run a country mile. You know on Greece, the film Greece, where the coach Calhoun has got his arm around Danny Zuko and he's going long distance running, cross country running. He may as well do that to me because that's all the type of activity I'd be doing if I seen a number say, hi, I'm calling from a dead person's room or just a hospital room that's empty. So yeah, Wendy, terrifying story. And thank you so much for sending it in. Genuine shivers, pictured it all. It was written perfectly. So never apologize for how you've submitted the story. That was truly great. Anyway, it's about that time in proceedings where I get a big stick and go to the corner of the room and prod that sceptic that lives in that corner and say, tell us a ghost story. It's time for Becca's Reddit Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. So, it's that time of the week again, and you're back after a week's absence. Are you still that busy? You're always busy. I'm always busy. What's your busiest thing you're doing this week? Are you business? Fair play. 
And that's how our relationship goes, everyone. <laughs> um, so I've got two things to discuss first before we go into Reddit Corner. Right. Firstly, um, I was upstairs just then recording mm-hmm. and I watched the, my little knob. What? <laughs> I wa- No, the little volume knob on me recorded turned up and down by itself. Which, which volume knob? What do you mean? You know the thing that I plugged the microphone into? The, the, the flat, track thing. big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What's the volume knob go up and down? And it's not motorised. Right. Ghost, Becca. Ghost. ghost right next to it. Well, you're quite calm for that because as much as you always say you want to see a ghost, you get quite scared when you think you Yeah, might. I was quite scared, but I didn't see a ghost. I didn't see a ghostly hand come off. That would be a different kettle of fish. It'd be through the fucking window. Right, okay. So you don't really believe it was a ghost then? Well, no. Like, <laughs> well done. No, but it freaked me out. I've definitely seen it. Well, I've seen it out the corner of my eye. that you see. Did you hear anything getting louder? Yes. That, that was what... I, I literally went, fucking hell was that? And as I turned round, seen it lower back down. It's proper old, that, isn't it? No, it's digital. What I mean, I know that is? things have been digital for about 40 <laughs> years now, but... Yeah. There's, there are digital cameras that are older than me, so... Yeah, that's true. And the other thing I wanted to discuss was um, you being dead naughty. I was not. You was? I was not. Someone went out to watch the oh, final, didn't they? Leave me alone, honestly. And, um, she had a very good time. Yeah, it's a nice night. And I don't think you need to start shaming me. I'm not shaming you. But, Sounds um, like you're shaming me. Um, Enough. You didn't use your key, did you? Half <laughs> two in the morning. I was struggling. What did you do? You rung the doorbell. <laughs> rung the fucking doorbell. So I thought it was the police saying someone's been found. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I thought that you'd appreciate that if I was struggling, I would ask you for help rather than just like be out, stuck outside. Yeah, yeah, and do you want to tell people why you were struggling? No, I don't. Thanks. Because you had too many McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, like clutching it to my chest like a baby. <laughs> I literally came down shit myself. I thought it genuinely was the police. And so I only had my boxies on, so I put a blazer on because it was the closest thing to hand, so I looked like a right lunatic. And as I'm panicking, fiddling with the door, to me right, I see a McDonald's cup get lifted up off a bin. Sorry, that's my work phone, I didn't need to get that. Okay. Little interlude there because you're busy bumblebee, aren't you? Sorry about that. Literally in the, in the middle of Reddit Corner, you get a wear call. I know. How dare you? Imagine, imagine. Yeah. Earning you, um, a living. I know, I know. It's almost like... You're not paying me for Reddit Corner, isn't it? And I still have to earn money. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like I'm your partner and he asks for 10 minutes a week. Ooh. Yeah, all right. But if the work phone goes, I've got to get it. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, anyway, this time. is today's story right. for Reddit Corner. Okay. So this story is called The Faceless Man in My Dream and the Unknown Entity at My Work. Would you like to know who the story was by? Go on. Lord Master Dorito. I'm sure Mr and Mrs Dorito are very proud. Sure we are. So welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Let's begin. Let's. So last night I had a dream that came in two parts. However, it's the first part that was relevant to what happened today. In the first part of the dream, I was in my car when a silver pickup started ramming into it. I screamed and yelled for the driver to stop and then saw that the driver was a man with no face. He ignored my pleas and continued ramming my car. Somehow I was able to escape my car, but when I stepped out, the man in his pickup disappeared. I told my parents and my dad relayed what I had said to a friend back in Indonesia who has a sixth sense and specialises in this kind of stuff. Flash forward to evening when I was helping close the TJ Maxx I work at. My manager and my co-workers were having a huddle about today when my manager said she thought she saw someone walking around the back of the store. Thinking nothing of it, I volunteered to investigate and make sure there were no more customers lingering. Checked the restrooms, the janitorial closet, but it was when I checked our back room when we stored items that we would be put in the sales floor later on. The moment I stepped into the back room, I got goosebumps and felt dizzy. 
I felt like there was something coiled around my head. As I walked closer to the electrical room that had the power switches to our store, the feeling got worse and worse. Of course I was afraid and refused to push my lock, so I left and reported to my manager that there was nobody there. We continued the process of closing the store, but the feeling of being watched lingered. When I got home, I told my parents and my dad messaged his friend. What we were told was that the first part of my dream was a warning for today's events. Whoever my manager saw was a bad spirit. Later on, when I was cleaning up one of my dogs, I was overcome with sadness out of nowhere. Tears welled up in my eyes. I don't know why I started crying and I became afraid that I was followed home. It was crazy because a few weeks ago, a different manager during the closing shift thought she saw someone walking around the back of the store, but we didn't investigate. Does anybody have any advice on what I should do? I've encountered spirits before, but never have I ever encountered a bad spirit like my sister did. That last one is a story for another day. Oh, we always like to see if anyone has given any advice. Oh, hold on, somebody at the the door. Gracious. It's all go in the Eustachio West household today, isn't it? I know, is it the post? It was the post. Yeah, gracious, you can't catch a break. Just busy, busy, busy. Two breaks within a one Reddit corner. Anyway, so what do you make of that person's thing? It seems like quite an extreme manoeuvre to have a dream and then your dad starts messaging his friends in Indonesia. Like, what? That's yeah. quite a leaf. Like, yeah. why would you... Does he do that with every dream they have? <laughs> like, I bet this friend is sick to the back teeth of getting messages about it. But um, weird. Uh, I and I don't see how... Like, what's the link between... Does it, like, what does the car have to do with anything that happened in the yeah. store? There wasn't... Like, the person How's was walking. How's that warning? To, to yeah. the, you're going to feel weird and work? yeah. I mean, also, I don't know what their relationship is. I mean, yeah, all right, mine's... I have a relationship with my dad, and I love him very much, so, you know, we're very cordial and stuff. But if I text my dad now to say, I had a terrible nightmare, he'd message me back and say, like, I think you've sent this to the wrong number. <laughs> yeah, he certainly wouldn't be messaging his mates, like, right, let me get right on yeah, that exactly, and see yeah. what's going on here. Because a dream's just a dream, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but you've got a great relationship with your dad, haven't you? Mm. If you text your dad now and said, I had a terrible dream last night... You'd be like sound. <laughs> You'd be like, why are you telling me? Do you know what I mean? Just... Hope you're all right about it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. But I did have a weird dream last night. Do right. You know, do you know well, what? quick, let's get on <laughs> it. <laughs> with me dad. Dad. Yeah, let's do a WhatsApp broadcast no, to everyone get, you, we know. You were in it. and Get on this. Get mm. on this, right. Um, there was a like a giant fella. My brain had clearly invented somebody who could definitely knock fuck out of me in a fight. Right. right. This absolute, like, eight foot tall guy. Right, Muscle. I like your confidence that you think he'd have to be a foot tall. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, no, but you know what I mean. It builds someone that like he, the... he could even knock me out. He was mega. <laughs> yeah, good not point. not arguing with it. I just no, like it. Yeah, yeah, I mean seven foot. I'd, I'd have a go. Um, no, but so anyway, and he had with him a huge dog. Right, right. Mm-hmm. now me and you were walking down this corridor. And this huge dog started just, like, going for you, but playfully, right? Right. But you would have been intimidated, because this dog was, like, up to our shoulders. Right. Right. Mm. And you were looking at me, and to say, do something. Right. And I was like, do you want to call your dog off? And then when I looked, the dog, seriously, had a huge erection. Right. Right. Okay. And I was like, well, dogs do this, and they hump a leg. But then I was like, but that's a big fucking dog. <laughs> And, like, you were looking at me, and then it pinned you against the wall, right? right. And ro- rose above you, uh. right? So it was, like, ten foot. Right. And I was like, seriously, call your fucking dog off. Um, so we went over and grabbed the dog. Um, 
And I like I swiped at him with a slap, right? right? And grazed his cheek with like one of my fingers. And he kind of stopped and went, Have you seriously <laughs> just tried to punch me? And I said one sentence which was like, No, I was giving you a warning slap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that you called your dog off, but now you'd have. We've got no we have no qualms here. We have, there's nothing to argue about now. And he was like, fair enough. And then he was like, I like you. And I was like, thank you very much. And then we walked away. Why did you slap him once he'd called the dog off? Don't know. Can't recall that. Because you're an argumentative uh, troublemaker. Yeah. Or I, I think maybe it was just thinking, you cheeky bastard, for even letting your dog off the leash, given that it's 10 foot tall. Right. Um, but yeah. But you, you should be thanking me for stopping a sexual assault from a dog. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. I'm really grateful. So yeah, so um, I'm definitely not ringing my dad and telling them that. <laughs> so can you do us a favour, Dad? Can you ring your mates? Yeah, just have a quick ring round and see what anyone thinks of it, and you know what you should do with it because it's it's probably gonna be a warning of something completely irrelevant. Well, that's it. According to that story that we just hear, heard, then if I just have a shit day today, I'd be like, no, that's what that, that, was, that. that was that dream yeah. telling me he was gonna have a shit day. That's why the dog had a massive cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a very cock-based episode today, has, thanks to yeah. me little knob, and uh, now a giant um, dog, pain, peni, which is the plural for penis. It only had Why one. is it? Uh, yeah, I was yeah, why was it plural? It only had one. As far as I could see, it might have been Severus, three heads. I don't think it's ever renowned for having three penis. Anyway, this is so. going off track. Thank you, Becca, for letting us into your corner. You are welcome. Thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca. Thank you. What do you say in reply to that? You're welcome. No, what do I say? You don't say that. You say thanks, Becca. Oh, and thanks, we, Becca. And we all move on with our lives. I got for that. I got caught in a grammar trap. Okay then, Becca. Yes, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Never a chore. Lovely. Tatty bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.